Chapter Twenty Two of Lincoln the Lawyer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lincoln the Lawyer by Frederick Trevor. Chapter Twenty Two Legal Reputation. One of Lincoln's latest biographers, in expressing admiration for his statesmanship, enumerates his disadvantages and asserts that before he went to washington he had had no experience in diplomacy and statesmanship as an attorney he had dealt only with local and state statutes he had never argued a case in the supreme court and he had never studied international law there is very little inspiration in the career of a man whose achievements are inexplicable or whose natural endowments are the despair of ordinary mortals and eulogies which tend to rob lincoln of human interest and incentive are usually based on misinformation certainly the wondering tribute above quoted displays no convincing acquaintance with the facts for it entirely misrepresents the extent and value of lincoln's legal education his three-and-twenty years active practice in the courts supplied him with the best of diplomatic training it did not of course familiarize him with the etiquette and forms of international relations but it gave him a thorough knowledge of men and taught him to see behind the smiling mask of craft much the same experience qualified an ex-secretary of state to cope successfully with the most skilful diplomats of europe during the spanish war and to confer high distinction upon our modern statesmanship again lincoln's knowledge of law was not confined to local or state statutes he was acquainted with the great principles of the english common law and if he was not familiar with the waves and tides of legal authority he was still well grounded in all the fundamentals of his profession and it would be absurd to deny him recognition as a lawyer merely because he never had had a case in the united states supreme court but even in this small particular the biographer is at fault for lincoln did have a case before that tribunal known as lewis v lewis reported in seven howard seven seventy six and the original of his brief in that action is in existence to-day it would not be difficult to quote passages from other biographers in proof of the fact that lincoln's work as a lawyer has never been scrutinized with any care and doubtless the trivial anecdotes concerning his life on the circuit which have done duty for the last forty-five years have contributed to the general misconception of his professional standing the once funny story about the pig and crooked fence case the old sledge and seven up trial and similar time-worn yarns have been accepted as characterizing his legal experience and under such circumstances it is not at all surprising that serious historians have regarded his legal training as a negligible quantity fortunately however the records are accessible and they speak very largely for themselves in his twenty-three years at the bar lincoln had no less than one hundred and seventy-two cases before the highest court of illinois a record unsurpassed by his contemporaries he appeared before the united states circuit and district courts with great frequency he was the most indefatigable attendant on the eighth circuit and tried more cases than any other member of that bar he was attorney for the illinois central railroad the greatest corporation in the state and one which doubtless had its choice of legal talent he was also counsel for the rock island railroad and other corporations and individuals with important legal interests at stake 
he was sought as legal arbiter in the great corporation litigations of illinois and he tried some of the most notable cases recorded in the courts of that state perhaps the most important cause he ever handled was that known as the illinois central railroad v mclean county reported in seventeen illinois two ninety one this was an action brought against mclean county to restrain the collection of certain taxes alleged to be due from the railroad growing out of the fact that the illinois legislature had granted the corporation exemption from all state taxes on condition that it pay seven per cent of its gross earnings into the state treasury the county authorities however claimed that this provision did not preclude them from taxing so much of the railroad's property as lay within their respective jurisdictions and a great legal battle ensued the issue was a vital one for the corporation for the claims of the county threatened it with bankruptcy and railroading in illinois was then in its experimental stage lincoln conducted the defense with rare skill but lost in the first court he instantly appealed the case to the supreme court however and there it was twice argued before a final decision was recorded in favor of the road at the end of two years litigation this celebrated case was provocative of another for the illinois central declined to pay lincoln's bill for services rendered in the tax matter without suit and he brought an action in the supreme court for five thousand dollars in costs on the trial all the leaders of the illinois bar o h browning n b judd isaac arnold grant goodrich archibald williams judge norman purple judge logan and robert blackwell joined in a written statement which was presented to the court certifying that lincoln's bill was reasonable and the jury promptly brought in a verdict for the full amount it is interesting to note lincoln's attitude and conduct in this litigation when the case was first called for trial no one appeared on behalf of the railroad and judgment was awarded to the plaintiff by default nevertheless lincoln agreed that the case might be reopened thus allowing the defendant to have its day in court without penalty and when the verdict was rendered he agreed to have it set aside because he had forgotten to introduce proof of two hundred dollars which had been given him as a retainer and the final verdict was recorded at forty-eight hundred dollars and costs incidentally it may be mentioned that the services for which lincoln was obliged to sue would today cost the corporation not five but fifty thousand dollars it is only fair to state that within the last few years the illinois central railroad has issued an elaborate pamphlet giving its side of this case and undertaking to show that lincoln's bill was not certified out of deference to the board of directors who might have censured the local officials for voluntarily paying so large a charge against their company and that the trial was merely a formality lincoln's unusually careful brief on the law and the facts however does not bear out the contention that the litigation was friendly and there are other facts which tend to indicate that the corporation's treatment of its distinguished counsel was not as handsome as the publication in which it now explains its action while lincoln was traveling the circuit with judge davis he was retained in the now famous case of mccormick v manny an action brought by the plaintiff who owned valuable patents for reaping machines to enjoin the defendant from manufacturing similar contrivances and to recover four hundred thousand dollars damages for infringements lincoln was engaged by a mr watson who was in charge of the defense and the original plan was to have him conduct the forensic part of the trial 
mr e h dickerson a well-known patent solicitor had been retained by mccormick to make the technical argument and reverdy johnson the noted baltimore advocate and one of the most distinguished lawyers in the country was to oppose lincoln who was naturally very anxious to measure himself against a man of such wide reputation but mr watson also saw fit to retain mr harding a patent solicitor and edwin m stanton who then resided at pittsburgh but who was well and favorably known in cincinnati where the trial was to take place and whose personal influence with the court was relied upon to offset the great reputation of reverdy johnson when the lawyers met in cincinnati it was decided in consultation that only two counsels should be heard on each side and that the defense should be represented by harding and stanton this was undoubtedly a bitter disappointment to lincoln who had carefully prepared himself to make the argument and who had never had an equal opportunity of meeting a lawyer of national reputation he accepted the decision as gracefully as possible however furnishing mr harding with all the notes and other material he had collected for the argument and had stanton treated him with consideration the situation would have been freed of all embarrassment but stanton was utterly devoid of tact and took no trouble to conceal his contempt for his illinois associate where did that long-armed creature come from and what does he expect to do in this case he inquired of the other lawyers and this and similarly offensive comments reached lincoln's ears discourtesy was absolutely foreign to his nature and it is no wonder that it embittered and disgusted him yet the greatness of the man enabled him to suppress his personal resentment and when the nation had need of stanton's undoubted talents lincoln laid aside his own feelings and tolerated his overbearing secretary until he conquered him with kindness lincoln was recognized as a good jury lawyer long before he won any reputation in other lines of legal work judge logan first noted his effectiveness in arguments addressed to the bench but despite his excellent record in the supreme court where he won a large majority of his cases he did not gain any marked recognition as a court lawyer until well into the fifties he was however eminently qualified for work of this character his power of analysis pitiless logic and comprehensive mental grasp of large subjects all combined to make him a formidable opponent in legal discussions and a powerful influence with the court he could split the ears of the groundlings when passionate appeals were in order but he was not naturally emotional on the contrary he was cool calm and temperate in word thought and action patent cases with their nice problems in mechanics and engineering interested him intensely and more than once he constructed models with his own hands to aid him in trying actions of this sort which demanded close reasoning and afforded him practical experience in exact scientific deductions he took no interest in the ordinary legal abstractions discussed in courtrooms and the quibbles of practice bored him but when there was any real principle involved in a question of law he studied it with the closest attention and his arguments were usually so original that they presented the subject in a new light no matter how often it had been discussed thus when the steamboats and the railroads were struggling for commercial supremacy in the mississippi valley and the right to bridge the river was in dispute new and vital questions of law arose which he handled in a masterful manner on behalf of the rock island railroad in one of these bridge cases which he tried in chicago a steamboat had struck a pier of the railroad's bridge 
and its owners brought a suit for damages involving propositions never before presented to the courts and requiring clear and original thought some idea of the bitterness of this contest may be gathered from the fact that the railroad charged the steamboat captain with being bribed to run his vessel against the bridge and thus make a case of obstructing navigation this accusation was of course angrily denied but when the bridge was accidentally burned all the river craft gathered at the spot and let their whistles loose in sheer joy at the disaster under these circumstances it required a cool head and an even temper to carry the day and lincoln was equal to the occasion his argument one of his few legal speeches which have been preserved was reported by the hon robert hitt and it demonstrates lincoln's conspicuous ability in presenting close questions of law and indicates his notable development as a lawyer another notable civil cause in which he was engaged was known as the sandbar case involving certain accretions to the shore of lake michigan of vast importance to the illinois central railroad and his discussion of the law on behalf of his client displayed high ability and resourcefulness much of lincoln's effectiveness in this class of work was due to his mental independence precedents did not make him overconfident and they never balked him back of the recorded education he sought the reason and if it did not satisfy his mind he would not accept it very few lawyers possess sufficient independence and originality for research of this character and the average brief though it often displays great ingenuity in reconciling divergent authorities rarely indicates any really creative thought legal argument calls for a higher order of ability than jury work and it developed lincoln's talents for logical reasoning until it perfected him to meet and refute the most ingenious debater of his or possibly of any other day end of chapter twenty two